The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Steven Brown. And Joe Pakovitz is in the room. Hello, hello. Uh, Chuck is in the background, but uh, he's been in the background several times. We've never heard from Chuck. <laughs> So we may not today. We might. Um, we may be though. Maybe. This needs a full disclosure. It is eleven. Yeah, that's that's an important feature. Yes, it's eleven thirteen on a Saturday night, and Stephen and I have been in a block party. Uh, Your well, block party. Yeah, my band played, and um, sounded good. Thank you. Having not having a bat uh, bass, you didn't have a bass player. No, we didn't have a keyboard I didn't, player. I didn't. Oh, keyboard, we had I'm a sorry. bass player. I, I, uh, I. Do you know the difference between a bass and a keyboard? I do, but um, yes. I uh, I do, but yes, I I I knew something was off. Probably about an hour and a half into your show at your block party, that's and good then, and bad. And then somebody was like, "Oh yeah, they're they're they don't have a keyboardist," and I was like, "That's that's what's off." Yeah, our keyboardist was like, missing. "Oh, I booked a trip to L.A." That's fine. And he was like, I was so, he's like, I should have checked the calendar because I knew we had this. Yeah. But that's all, right. uh, that's all right. We have another show next week. And uh, we'll be all together. But we basically played in the driveway. The other thing is, we had lots and lots and lots of alcohol. For many hours now. Yeah. I've been at your house. We are drinking the remnants right now. Six o'clock. Yes. The whiskey has flowed. There you yes, go. Yes. Many whiskeys. Yes. And I asked Joe if he wanted his own microphone. And he was like, no. And but then he moved his microphone so he could say the whiskey has flowed. Exactly. Joe's only saying the important stuff today. <laughs> focus, 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 focus. That's an uh, that's an episode of the Batman that's a, the Animated that's Series. That's right. That's a Batman the Animated <laughs> that's Series. That's a Mark Hamill. Thank you for picking that. By the way, Mark Hamill is Mark Hamill's playing Chucky now in the oh. reboot of Child's Play. Well, that's good. He's uh, he's gonna have a much more lucrative career as a voiceover artist than he ever had on film he already has yeah i think he predicted that yeah, yeah by knows. the 90s i wonder yeah and this might be a tad more but i don't mean this offensively or if it's like a wise guy but is it because of the car crash uh no you know what i think i think he didn't part you know what every major franchise oh we have something to talk about we every, always have something to talk every about. every major franchise has what like one guy out of the whole cast that parlays it into a successful film career. So in the original trilogy, it was Harrison Ford. And in the prequel trilogy, it was Ewan McGregor. Who was it in the Indiana Jones movies? It was Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> you mean in, it wasn't Short Round? In Lord of the he was Ra- in the Goonies, John. <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, it was like kind of Viggo Mortensen, but then it ended up being Orlando Bloom. No, Blood. it wasn't Viggo Mortensen. What has he, he did done? He did a couple of movies that He was, was in good. that horse movie. What horse movie? He, he was in... Yeah, yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. Which thank one? you. See, I told you... He was in the History of Violence. History of Violence was good. Oh, the he Road. Was, he was in right. The Road, which but is the most then, depressing movie. Um, by the way, uh, Mike Drucker, who's been on the show, a good friend of ours, lent me The Road right, right when Ben was born and then mm. apologized. <laughs> yeah, that's... I um my mom my mom saw that movie. Uh, her and my dad, I think, rented it or whatever, and I saw part of it. And I was like, uh, no, it's, I, don't, it's, I didn't see this movie. And then my it's mom the was Walking like, Dead without zombies. Well, I asked and... my mom, I'm like, did you like this movie? And she's like, no. And I felt like she'd be like, no, I didn't like it because it was super depressing. And you know what her reasoning for not liking this movie was? What? Her reasoning was because she's like, well, I don't like movies where they don't tell you how the world ends. I'm like, mom, 
if the world ends, who's going to tell you? And she's like, oh, well, somebody would tell us the president. <laughs> the president would be on TV and tell us. Was dead and I'm like, that that's, not, <laughs> that's not like a guaranteed thing. That's not going <laughs> to, that's not a thing that's going to happen. No, that's not how this works. It's yeah. not well, and our president's works. not going to tell us anything. Very optimistic. No. Well, this was under Obama she said this. And I'm like, that, that's optimistic under Obama. That is certainly not going to happen under Trump. <laughs> I read it under George W. Bush and I was like, yeah, it's never going to happen. But going, I mean, going back, I think one of the reasons that some guys are able to parlay careers into voice acting is because the voice doesn't go as much as the physical ability goes. Like da- Robert Downey Jr., right? He's not even playing Iron Man. All he's doing is, well, was not playing Iron Man. All he was doing was doing a few close-up shots, and then everything else was CGI'd. But really, he Well, could, they say he, he might be, be doing a voice in the What If on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but he, he could seriously be a voice actor in an animated version of Iron Man quite easily. I've heard a lot, and this was before all the Sony shit fell apart, because fuck them. Um, oh, apparently that's still going on, mm, but I, but there's rumors all... I'll believe it when it's finalized. There's rumors so all over the place that yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, I'm but like... There were, there were a lot of rumors that uh, Robert Downey Jr. was going to be like a Jarvis-type character to Spider-Man. Or um, oh yeah, did hear that? Yeah, they had talked a lot well, about which. There's which, talk of a Riri Williams TV series yeah. on Disney Plus, which Robert Downey Jr. would do the voice of Jarvis. Because yeah, that's, when, and when that's we kind say of Jarvis, they... we mean like the AI that would run her armor, which is exactly what was going on in her comic, which I right, wasn't the... ever a big fan of. I read the whole thing, and it was very much a Bendis comic. Because like, this is a good premise with no ending. Yeah. Are you, uh, and I asked Joe this earlier at your black party, but John, are you reading any of Bendis's DC work currently? Uh, I just picked up Batman Universe 1, 2, and 3. Can, hey, is, uh, have you read them? I just read them. Can I can I say how much I'm enjoying the Batman Universe comic out of everything Bendis is writing? Really? I am loving that book. It's brave and the bold. Yeah, yeah. and absolutely, that is exactly what I want like, out of a Batman he, comic. It's like him and Green are fighting dinosaurs, and I'm like, yes, oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> what's really adorable because him and Green Lantern go to the Savage Land. And yes. Green Lantern's like, dude, no, Savage Land is Marvel, but right, keep yeah, going. The DC yeah. equivalent of the Savage Land. Keep up, listeners, we're drunk. The D Savage Land. <laughs> the DC Savage Land. They go there, and Green Lantern's like, oh, bro, there's there's a lot of dinosaurs over here. And Batman's like, I love dinosaurs. And Green Lantern's All like, right. really? And he's like, I have a giant dinosaur in my back cave. <laughs> and it's like, yes, let's not forget Batman is a huge fucking nerd <laughs> he is totally a nerd he is absolutely a nerd well, and you I don't think... become a nerd without hyper focusing and if right. batman is nothing he I'm is hyper goddamn focused. <laughs> i'm gonna name my car after a bat i'm gonna name my house after a bat and i'm gonna name my ship after a bat <laughs> but i'm gonna name my name psychic his... after a bird right he did not name his house after yeah, a bat it's his house is bat called manor. the bat cave it's but, called the bat cave. but yes we yeah, matter above that manor. that's his house's hat Okay? He doesn't sleep in the back cave. I bet he does. No, he doesn't. I bet Alfred's found him down there at the back cave. He has a bedroom with very heavy curtains. I bet he calls it the bat bed. No, he has a bedroom with very heavy curtains, and then Alfred pulls him open and is like, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Master Wayne. Get up and pretend you're Bruce Wayne. And he's like, all right, I'll pretend I'm Bruce Wayne for four hours, and then I can go be Batman. Yeah. He does not um, sleep in the Batcave. I disagree. You know who came the closest to sleeping in the Batcave was Michael Keaton, where he had sex with Kim Bassinger and then hung upside down. Which tells me there's something wrong with Kim Bassinger. Also Michael Keaton. <laughs> well, yeah, but Michael Keaton's there's something wrong with him that I can relate to. Yeah, in, in literally every movie he's in. Night Shift, yeah. anybody? Yeah. <laughs> he was Beetlejuice. Yeah. He's more Beetlejuice He's, than he is Batman. He is. Yeah, he, he was the vulture, for Christ's sake. I mean, the guy's good at playing crack characters. I love him as the, My vulture. favorite thing of, uh, and so apologies to any listeners, because this is a really drunk podcast, but my favorite- I feel um, like I'm keeping it on the rails. Please do. Uh, my favorite uh, instance of him in the vulture comes in the first like 10 minutes of Spider-Man Homecoming. Where like the one guy's like, you shouldn't have overextended yourself. Yes, he's like, we've he's like, what did you say? What did you say? And he, he like it's, hits him. It is that is the most Michael Keaton. It is the most Michael Keaton of thing anything. of all time. 
And when he I, did that, yeah. when I the, <laughs> when I saw the theater opening weekend, say? when he said that, I was like, "Oh shit! You just unleashed Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you've done, sir. You unleashed the Keaton. Yeah. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. By the way, Michael Keaton's real name: Michael Douglas. Is it no really? Way. Yes, right, wait, it is. Wait, hang on a second. Did he yes, change it, it because Michael Douglas exists? He changed it because yeah, Michael true. Douglas was a big so, talk show host in the 70s. Wait a minute. His My real God. name is Michael Douglas. Out. And in fact, he says... Michael Douglas. When he gets picked up at the airport, they hold up a sign that says Michael Douglas. That's his real name. When, um... I think Keaton might be his middle name. Back the fuck up. <laughs> when Michael Keaton changed his name to Michael... Du- or when Michael Douglas changed his name to Michael Keaton, yes. Michael Douglas... The father of Hank Pym. No. That's not Michael Douglas. Not Michael Douglas, the actor. Oh, well, then I'm very confused. There's more than one Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas was a very big talk show host in the 70s. Oh, okay. And this is where the generational thing breaks. There is. There's a big generational divide between me and every person in this room. Yes. (laughs) You guys are, and I'm old, but you guys are really old. Oh, come on. Older than old. Oh, man. You no, because I, I, I know how old I feel all the time. And then sometimes I pause during my day and I'm just like, God, how old do older people feel? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And I'm very insulted. Well, I'm not trying to be insulting. <laughs> I'm trying to sympathize with you. You know, meet me halfway here, John. <laughs> meet you halfway to your insult? <laughs> all right. We have a topic. And our topic is, we didn't have a topic, but... Our the topic we're gonna kind of go with this week is that um, a lot of people have tweeted out a picture. Oh, by the way, if you put in Michael Douglas, yeah, how far th- down do you have to scroll before you get whatever unpopular Michael Douglas? You uh, as soon as I put in Michael, Michael Keaton is second. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Who's the first Michael? Yeah, right, Michael Douglas. So there's two. There was a Mike Douglas and a Michael Douglas. Yeah, that's one he's like too that's many. too many Douglases. It is. Yeah. Douglas isn't even that great of a last name. It, no, it's, it's not a, even. It's a first name. Not that great of a first name. Exactly, Douglas Fairbanks. That's right. I, and right. I, I'm speaking to somebody that has two first names, and nah, it's not that great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you spell John differently than most folks. I also spell Clark differently than most folks. That's also true. Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I think it gives you a pass. I, I you take get a out pass because silent of that. H's and, and I put in <laughs> silent E's. I don't care. That's stupid. Those Irish, I tell you. Yeah, the fucking Irish. Um, all right. So our topic is... You're Irish. Is that, that's true. I'm very Irish. Um, a They uh, Instagrammed and maybe on other platforms of social media that people pay attention to more than I do. They tweeted out a picture of James Gunn is directing yes. Suicide Squad, which is a reboot of Suicide Squad. It's not a sequel to Suicide Squad. And it is a, just a list of 25 names. And I thought, like, eh, this is just, like, a bunch of names of, like, people who worked on the film or something. And it's like, no, no. These are actual cast members who will be team members on a team called Suicide Squad. Well, here's what's crazy. There are three people that are being brought back from the David Ayer Suicide Squad that are in there. Uh, Will Smith is not one of them. So there was... So apparently... I am very surprised that Will Smith is coming back. Which I... Again, it's it's a reboot. They're starting completely from scratch. So it's like, I don't... But they're starting to from scratch, but Margot Robbie is in it? Yes. Uh, which I think we expected because... Uh, everybody but me likes her as Harley Quinn. Well, Can I mean, I... Like, who are they else? Who else are they going to get to play? Harley yeah. Quinn? Jay, Jay Courtney is coming back. He who? was Captain Boomerang. Yeah, sure, because because he was so busy before yeah. this, yeah. and you know what I mean. And Joel Kinnaman is coming back. He was Rick Flag. So, I didn't even know Rick Flag was in that movie, and I he's remember, the main character. I will in that remind movie. you, I liked that movie, John. You liked that movie the first time you saw it, and then you I've never only saw seen it, it the again. One time. Uh, John, can I ask you? Uh, uh, you didn't like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah. What didn't you like about her that she was exactly like Harley Quinn, or mm. that they dressed her like a? Because whore? it was it was an Australian model doing a Brooklyn accent. I'm, that annoyed me. I'm oh. fine. Whoa! Oh, so it's like a personal thing because you went to college in Brooklyn. Well, you know what? I I even have a problem with like Tara Strong doing. Um, Wait. Doing. Can you tell the me voice who Tara Strong is? Yes, Tyra Strong had did the voice in the video games and has done it instantly. Oh, so not, Arlene, the, not the original. Yeah, because yeah, you know what? Paul Dini wrote the Arlene original for that character. For Arlene Sorkin, because they were friends that went to college. Was and she, she related was on, to Aaron Sorkin? 
I don't believe so. She was on a really bad Fox sitcom that I used to watch a lot in high school. Because of her? No. Was she, is she hot? Uh, yeah, she's, she kind of looks like Harley. But Paul Dini went to college with Arlene Sorkin, so when he wrote the part, he was thinking, oh, this is a good part for Arlene. And I still have yet to get a straight story of why Arlene Sorkin retired, because in my mind, she created that character. Yeah. yeah. And you need somebody, I, uh, I'm i trying to think of who's like a good, like you need Cindy Lauper in that role. My <laughs> ex-girlfriend. Like a young, uh, a yes, who was here. And has a, a husband and a baby, so she's doing better than you have done. Well, that's hurtful. <laughs> I mean, I would I would say she's doing just fine for herself, but I'm okay. But well, when you say ex girlfriend, when you guys drink, when you say ex girlfriend, you knock that person down a peg. No, 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 you no. Know I can tell you about my ex girlfriends, and they, and it won't be glowing. Well, I think I would. I, w- I would say most of my ex girlfriends are currently doing better than I am, but I don't know that that's a reflection on me. So much as it's just, you know. I think it's a reflection on you. Well, that's, again, hurtful. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? You're one of the best friends. And. Uh, well, thank you for being that frank That doesn't with me. shake my relationship <laughs> with you, but I stand by that philosophy. Oh, man. So which Harley Quinn are we talking about? Because there's the Harley Quinn from the animated series. Hello, pun. And then you yes. have the Harley Quinn that's dressed like basically a roller derby queen. Which I actually well, that was New um, Fifty Two. That I, was a well, the Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Exactly, but she's a different character than the one in the animated film. No, I, I, I I I don't mind the roller derby look for Harley Quinn. What I do mind is when they just skank a fire. It's mm. just like, hey, let's just take off as much clothes as we can, and yeah, because you know the one thing you know I, what I mean. The roller derby thing's actually kind of like a cool twist. I totally on it. agree with you because. When Harley got popular, she was in like a jumpsuit, which only uncovered her face. And I, and I remember thinking at the time when they gave her own uh, comic, who Carl Kiesel wrote and who has been on the podcast. Um, I the thought, Harley Quinn series. Where the original like, Harley Quinn series yeah, in 2000, okay. um, which, which um, Terry, Terry Dodson, Dodson did the cover started. for. Yeah, he didn't do. Well, he wrote. He drew the first arc, I think. And then yeah, and then he Terry Dodson did. He Terry Dodson, which means he can't he can't draw a monthly book. No. Yes, and I love Terry Dodson, but dude, Me come too. on! And you know who doesn't love Terry Dodson? Terry Dodson. He hates himself. Really? If you ever, I want to talk to this man. He's the sweetest man. But if you ever go up to him, have and you talk met to him, Terry Dodson? At C two E two, he's okay. there, and he is not a fan of himself. And he's very nice. He's very polite man. And then his like wife, his wife is like with next Rachel to him. Dodson. Yeah, yeah. Who, and who, she's worked she, on a lot yeah, of stuff with him. She works on a lot of stuff, and she's just like she apologizes for him, and she's like, "I'm sorry, you know, Terry. You know, I love this story. Yeah, I love this story." I would say to any listener, uh, if you ever do get the chance uh, to go to any convention, which you should, um, do seek out Artist Sally if you haven't before. It is um, it is remarkable. Me and my buddy Ken had this experience a few years ago. We're, We've been we, trying to get a Ken on the podcast for years. He'll, he's, oh, he's he'll never do it. He is. He does listen more frequently than I think any person should, which is very kind of him. He's a very <laughs> kind man. But um, he, uh, me and him had an opportunity a few years ago at C2E2. We were walking around the show, as one does, and we saw um, Alan Davis, who we were both massive fans of. Alan Davis might be... I, I don't know who else I would consider this, but p- potentially Alan Davis is the most, in my opinion, underrated comic book artist, perhaps of all time. And he's no, is a pretty great. He's he is a, one of my favorites. And he was sitting at a table and he was all alone. He's just sitting there doing his sketches and such. And me and Ken were both like little boys. And we were like, we can't go talk to Alan Davis. And we didn't because we're dummies. And now it's like this dude is getting ready to retire. He might not be doing appearances anymore. And we keep looking at different conventions to see, like, where's Alan Davis going to be? And it's like, he's going to be in Detroit. He's going to be in Philadelphia. I had he's this... going to be in New York. And it's like none of those places are Chicago. I had the same experience, um, which ended well. The last night I was in New York, before I moved to Chicago, I had rented a truck to move my Captain Kirk chair and my TV and my couch to Chicago. Uh, the last night I was there, we went to comics, uh, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was on 14th street. And, uh, Mark Marin was doing a live podcast 
And he had John Mulaney, who I had known from my show, yeah, and he had fan. Morgan Murphy. He had oh, yeah. like he had a lot of great people on. And at the end of the show, uh, I was there with Trifon Crandall, who's been on this show. And we got up, and a good friend of ours, Tim Warner, who is a comic, and Jackie Furback, who is another comic in New York, good friends of ours. We ran into them, and Mark Barron's just hanging out, like saying hi to people. And we we're like, we can't talk to Mark Barron. It was that same <laughs> feeling you had with Alan Davis. And to her credit, Jackie Furback looked at us and went, you guys are pussies. <laughs> and then, and you were, you were pussies. I would. And then I yeah. went and I met Mark Maron and I got a laugh out of Mark Maron and then I fucking left New York. Yeah. So it's usually a good idea. Yeah. But then again, at this year's C2E2, I hung around uh, Art Adams while Ken... <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was you, I was with you, and Ken was talking to Art Adams, and I was like, "Hey, look at the case." Dude, and you know what? I think it was like when Dave Navarro talked to Scott Snyder. I'm like, "That that's a friend of mine." He's just talking went to that right guy. up to him, and I I think the uh, us talking to Art Adams this year was a symptom of having kicked ourselves for eight or nine months for not. Well, talking you need to that. Davis. Yeah, well, I've told this story several times. Is that I I completely froze in front of Gene Garofalo one night. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, and I'll never live that down. I'm, I, in the same way, in college, I met this. I was in Brooklyn, and I met this really hot Russian girl, and she and I was drunk, uh, drunker than this. Uh, but I was at a house party, and she's this gorgeous Russian girl, and she goes up to me, and uh, she goes, she goes, Jonathan, what do you really want? And I go. Uh, did you ever see the hobgoblin figure that came out in Scores line? <laughs> which, which is like the quintessential John thing. But that, does that does that not remind anybody about like the scene in Iron Man Two where Iron Man's like, "It's my birthday. What should I do?" And the Black Widow's like, "You should do whatever you want with whoever you want to do it with." And it's like, "Good lord, that is a now, fucking thing." And to not say knowing to a man. the Black Widow, yeah. why would she have said that? Right. Well, there's. I think there's a difference between a situation where you're going into it knowing that there are certain roles and certain situations where you are kind of taken by surprise, where things just naturally develop. <clears throat> Anthony Daniels, for example. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, it wasn't as good when you messed up the mic. <laughs> but, yeah, no, well, I've told that story many times is that um, – at my ad agency work with Anthony Daniels, and then Joe and I were at C2E2 and bumped into him, and I mentioned that project, and he loved that project, and then he loved me because I wrote that project. It's actually kind of wild. And it's one of those he... where it's like, I probably should approach people right. that I'm intimidated to approach. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say well, that I, probably I, most people don't care as much as you do about the approaching them issue. The, uh, no, Devils I'm screwed great... up. Anthony Daniels is a I'm great on example. several antidepressants and alcohol. Sure. <laughs> but Anthony Daniels is a great example because it's like how many how many things does that guy probably do uh different advertising projects and different uh, How many things does he do that's not C3PO? Right. But that's what I'm saying and he yeah. remembered the thing you did Yeah. and was really kind of And granted it had been maybe a year since we Yeah, but done I mean but I'd be like dog get to, years for a guy I that's working I did get in, to write scripts for anthony daniels and he yeah. thanked me for and it. that's cool and that's you know like i always say this i don't think i've ever said this on the podcast i have not led a great life but i've led an interesting life yeah i've always I... been like one step away and some of these people uh i've been like friends with people that have done great things and i've been in the room when great things have happened and some of these people have come on the podcast you know i um i have a lot of really good friends that are doing interesting things and they've come on the podcast and talked about it um there, I don't, and I wonder this very late at night. Uh, <laughs> like now, when it's eleven yeah. thirty at when, night, like when you guys are things. gone and I'm in bed, <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, is it amazing that I got this close to awesome stuff, or yeah. is there something wrong with me where I'm not the guy who's in the middle of the awesome stuff? Yeah, I, I don't do nearly as much self analyzing as you do. I think at the end of the day, as long as I'm not bored, I'm happy. And uh, not being bored is a big motivator. To... I'm rarely bored. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm and usually annoyed by it. the amount yeah. of stuff I have to do. And, and part of it is putting yourself in that situation. I mean, you're consistently somebody who's doing something like a podcast. Like, not everybody's going to do that. That's happening right now. Exactly. Oh, my right God. In, in this, we're in the moment, John. We're in the moment. But, we're, but, it, but you through this, you get to meet and talk to all these people that – 
are doing these fantastic things, but you're also doing this. Well, I will say that the most exciting thing about the podcast, I've said this several times, and you can go back and uh, listen to to early episodes, both on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and on com, is I've got to talk to some of my heroes because of the podcast. Yeah, You I know, think- it's, it's like, oh, do you want to come on Skype and we'll talk for an hour? And I've got to meet like Chuck Dixon and Dana Gould and Carl Kiesel and Kelly Jones and yeah. Graham Nolan and Jam DeMattis. And you can listen to every one of those episodes uh, right now, you can stop listening to this one. We're like, oh, they're clearly drunk and rambling. Yeah. <laughs> there are better episodes, we promise you. But you know what? I want to hear uh, how Craven's Last Hunt was written. There's an episode that we did about that. Yeah. I uh, I just listened to uh, uh, Word Balloon, uh, John Suntress. Uh, we love him. John Suntress has been on the podcast. We love Yeah, John's Johnson. great. He's a um, Chicago legend. He is. And uh, he recently did an episode where uh, he recorded a panel. Uh, I can't remember what convention he was at. It wasn't C2 Towards the World. It was like a smaller show. Uh, but they he recorded an interview they did with Jim Steranko. And I'm like, man, that's really crazy. He interviewed Jim Steranko, a legend of comic books. Well, we met – Joe and I met Steranko at Oh Yeah. And he yeah, was, like a signing. He was so great. And he was like – and of course, it was one of those beautiful moments where he's like, "Of course, I'll come on the Captain Dick yes. podcast." Gave me his card, and I lost it. Yeah, well, uh, you wouldn't have been able to get him on because John Suntress opened the episode with talking about how often, over ten years, he had been asking Jim Stranko uh-huh. to come on the podcast, and Jim's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we'll do that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the only way he was able to get him on was by moderating a panel that Stranko was on. And I was like, man, that's crazy. This guy interviewed Jim Stranko. is like a legend of comic books. And then I'm like, the guy who invented fucking Bane came on your podcast. <laughs> and it's like. Why are you saying your podcast? It's also your podcast. I meant your like myself. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, yours are. Oh, and, I wasn't part of this thought process. No, and I'm a very central thinker. <laughs> but, both guys that were in, created Bane. Yes. We had and both Jay the writers and the which I'm a big fan of. Yes. Um, does many. By the way, it came on so, twice. Yes. A sweet, sweet man. Yeah. And, and I, it's I, like I one of those guys that was, I want to bring him back on. I'm like. I, I I don't want to waste his time because we asked him <laughs> yeah. so much of what we wanted to know. I don't want to bother you, but you want to come on and talk about yourself? Oh, my God. That's my motivation for every <laughs> yeah. social interaction. Here's my is I don't want to bother you. Do you know how many people I was afraid to ask to come to this block party? Right. But we all showed up, John. Uh, yeah, most of you. Yeah, most of us. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Uh, All right. The point was, well, I don't know what our point was, but our topic was Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. There are twenty different people listed yes. in this. Post. Here is the list. Yes. There are some people on this list that I don't even recognize. Yeah, I'm gonna read the whole read list. Read the list. Don't stop. We won't. Um. So what they posted on Instagram was David Dasmalchian, John Cena, Jay Courtney, Joaquin Cosio. Nathan Fillion, Noel, Joel Kinnaman, Mailing Eng, Flula Borg, oh, I knew Noel, actually, Sean Gunn, Juan Diego Boto, Storm Reed, Pete Davison, Taika Watiti, Alice Braga, Steve A. G. Tinashi Kajesi, Daniela Melchior, Peter Capaldi. Julio Ruiz, Jennifer Holland, Viola Davis, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, and Michael Rooker. And it is called The Suicide Squad. And it is a soft reboot, but there are four names. In fact, Viola Davis uh, played Amanda Waller in the original Suicide Squad. So we can assume she's coming back. assumption, yeah, she'll be Amanda Waller. So honestly, what it is is it's a sequel without Will Smith. Because most of the major characters from the original Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, Amanda Waller, Sergeant Flagg, are all coming back. I'll tell you, and I could be wrong, but um, no one's going to check my homework. Uh, it's a reboot. It is for sure a reboot. DC brought in James Gunn, and they were like, please fix this. And he said, okay, but it's going to be a reboot. And they said, yeah, whatever you want. And he said, I want 25 actors. And they were like, okay. I think 
Suicide Squad, based off this uh, Instagram post, I think this is their... Um, this will be their biggest... This is their biggest project. This will yeah. be bigger than Justice League. I think this is the oh, yeah. project that they're throwing the most weight behind because it's like, we've got some of the Marvel magic. <laughs> let's let's not fuck this up like our last Well, especially because even the DC movies that were good lately, we don't have sequels for. There's not a Shazam 2. You know, Aquaman made a lot of money, but there's no Aquaman 2. I think they've I think they've announced sequels for both of those movies, but even the Wonder Woman sequel? Wonder Woman, yeah, Wonder 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 Woman 1984 were definitely getting But but it's a reboot. Yeah, that's also a reboot. It has Steve Trevor in it and it has nothing it to has... do with the last movie we saw. Right. Yeah, but it's but Steve Trevor's still Chris Pine. Yes, that's what well, I'm saying. Well, and that's it's, what we were just talking about, very, the, the Joker movie place. with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Where... I love the fucking articles where they're like, Robert Pattinson's Batman isn't going to face off against Joaquin Phoenix Joker. It's like, yeah, no shit, because that movie takes place in the 70s, you dummy. It's 1981. <laughs> Who yeah. the fuck is yeah. paying attention to these movies? Well, that's it. And I think we've talked about this several times, but that's to DC's credit at this point, because... What makes DC great is their ability to reboot their characters. Is that, hey, The Dark Knight Returns is a great book that doesn't tie into anything. I I would say you're like, yeah, it's what makes DC great. And it's like, eh, is it? Is, isn't it really just it's like you give DC enough chances, eventually they'll strike it right at some All point? All right, if you're going to pin me to it, what makes DC great is Batman and they have other stuff. Yeah, I get it. They have Batman, but it's like uh, Batman that only works half the time, you know? Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Batman works all the time. Some stories aren't great, but Batman always works. Even when it's a mess, it's a hot mess. Are you afraid of a cold mess, Joe? No, I agree with Joe. I think it's like uh, Batman at his worst. Joel Schumacher, we're looking at you. It's like it kind of it kind of works because it's like a what's a big budget Adam West movie look like yeah. with George Clooney? Yeah. Oh my God. So does DC need to have a ten year story arc? I don't think they do. Well, they're not gonna because the thing is they doubled they doubled so hard on this uh, connected universe and every one of the movies that they had in that connected universe bombed. Yeah. They so it's the like, horse, it's like oh, well, you know what? Happened. Shazam worked, and Wonder Woman worked, and Aquaman. Aquaman is fucking crazy, but it worked. It did work, though. It and made uh, money. It, say, made, it worked like Venom worked. Yes. It made the same, money. In the exact same vein as Venom. But I, I will say it's like um, it's not a good sign when Justice League doesn't work. And oh, yeah. You know well, what I mean? I, I think that was bad That sign. was the hammer. And, and you know what? You know, you know. I feel like uh, we've been doing this podcast for six years. You told me today we're over a three hundred and fifty episodes. Yeah, we've been with the Radio Misfits Podcast Network for about a year and a half, but we were doing it for about four years before. So I, I always say like I don't want to repeat myself, but, but Justice League was the nail in the coffin where they were like, "This isn't working. Get the guy who made Avengers to turn this into Avengers," and that didn't happen, and. I will go to my grave not understanding why there is a vocal contingent of the fan base that wants to see the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. That doesn't exist. It doesn't he exist. Did, he didn't finish the fucking movie, And people. why do you think Justice League would be better if it was more like Batman vs. Superman? The three of us sat in the theater of Batman vs. Superman, yeah. and there was a point where I counted the lights in the floor. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, uh, there. There's a there's a contingent of the population that I will never understand, and I have no proof for this. And there's no well, way to Trump prove this. Well, Trump has over in a thirty percent approval rating. And that's all what the I will time. say is that the same people that like Batman vs Superman and want a Jack uh, Zack Snyder cut of Justice League are the same people who voted for Trump. I don't. I have no science to back this up. They want to make Justice like, League great again. They do. They're this. It's the same group of idiots. I swear it. Yeah, there are several portions of the fan base I don't understand. There's the bro contingent. There's the whine about everything contingent. There's the nothing's ever good enough contingent. It's like, 
Oh, that's a lot of fan guys. base. Once you get well, enough yeah, stuff, you're going to complain about the, the quality same of stuff. It's people that are getting. like that are like, "Oh, this is fucked up that Thor's a girl now." And it's like, "Oh, cool. Have you been reading oh. Thor?" No, no, I haven't read Thor in 20 years. And it's like, "Then fuck you, pal." It's like, "This is what they're doing with Thor now, and it's awesome." Exactly. These people don't read the comics and they go and whine on on you know, Facebook or on social media because it doesn't fit their political agenda. Fuck off. And well, honestly, as far as anyone whining about anything online, just think about this for a second. If you have a go and you eat at a restaurant, you have a phenomenal experience. How many of us are like, oh, I'm going to leave them a really sweet review. But if you go to a restaurant, and you have a terrible experience. You're much more likely to leave a bad review. So I think people have to understand it's like the loudest voices on the Internet that doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, the majority of the opinion out there. How loud is your voice on the internet right now? Well, I no no voice because you're shouting. Because I'm just you put out a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, you know, and you're shouting uh, on you it. You got to come to the podcast. I'm not throwing the podcast at you. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. It's like uh, you know. That's just how it is, bro. You got to come find me. You know, I'm not going out there and being like, DC, I don't tweet DC and be like, you, you guys are literally fucking morons. publish a podcast on the internet every week where you complain about DC movies. Right, but it's up to uh, uh, Jeff Johns isn't sitting in his office being like, oh, I better figure out how to make Steve Brown happy. Do you know what I mean? He's not listening to the fucking show. It's like, it's up to him not to listen. Yeah, and, the, and these are the people who are targeting the actors, the directors the creators they're going on twitter and personally messaging them with their with their hate emails and it's just like like everyone hated on um uh heath ledger when he got cast as the joker and everyone he, hated on michael keaton when he right was cast and as they did on michael keaton right so then they cast that was my favorite thing we talked about before was jamal agle who's been on the show uh who I, I used to know back in brooklyn posted a hand mimeoed petition to stop Michael Keaton as Batman. Right. This was a big deal back then. And they did the same thing when Ben Affleck got cast as Batman. And they did the same thing when uh, uh, Robert Pattinson got cast as Batman. And it's like I tell everyone the same thing. Well, has there ever been a Batman since Adam West that people were happy with? Right. And that's the thing. It's like, just like, all right, the guy did Twilight. Who fucking cares? Let him try. (laughs) He can be Batman. Anyone can be Batman. Let them try the person out. Give him a chance. Ben Affleck wasn't terrible as Bruce Wayne. And I don't like Ben Affleck. You know what I mean? I'm not like a big fan of the guy, but it's like the casting in Justice League was not the problem with Justice League. No. You know, it's a, it's rhymes with a guy named Schmider. <laughs> it's like a very different issue than the cast. The guy that played Superman. Okay, fine. You look just like Superman. You're great. Wonder Woman, you're phenomenal. Until you grew that mustache. You're great. Well, that's beyond, that's not his fault. You know what I mean? It's like, blame, blame, blame the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible or the studios. What was Mission Impossible thing? He's like, you know what the bad guy's missing? A fucking mustache. No one has mustaches anymore. It's not a fucking thing. It's like an ironic hipster thing. Yeah, exactly. Wait, 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 wait. British guy wearing a mustache is our bad guy. I love to ramp you up and let you go, but you just just said nobody has mustaches anymore. All the hipsters have mustaches. Well, it's not like That's part right. of a goatee. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, it's you okay. can't contradict yourself in two sentences and Hang let me let second. it go. Hang on a second. Hipsters have mustaches. Who doesn't have mustaches is like giant, huge dudes who are like uh, I don't. I didn't see the fucking mission. When Impossible they beat movie. up Tom Cruise, they do. No, no, they don't, John. You know how I know <laughs> because there's one movie where a guy beats up Tom Cruise and has a mustache, and there are zero other movies where a guy beats up Tom Cruise and has a mustache. Find me another movie where that happens. It doesn't eyes wide shut. <laughs> no, I don't think that's Nicole a thing. Kidman. I don't think she I, had a I don't think so. <laughs> I'm talking deliberately. <laughs> so, so James Gunn comes on, right? And we have this list of like a thousand and two names of who's in this movie. Everybody but you, me, and Steven. Uh, I think Chuck's in that movie, right? Um, so, um, and he says, don't get too attached to them. What the hell is that? Oh, he's going to kill a bunch of them. Well, I, I actually really like And this. I'm fine with that because yes. that's what Suicide Squad was I about. I think that's what's kind of incredible about this. And I'm actually really curious is... 
are all the names of the people? There's like 25 people on that list. Or 20 yeah, it's people. pretty full cut. It's a big list. But you know, most movies have a lot of people. No, 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 no. That's fine. What? I, what? The question I have is: Are all are all 20 names they tweeted out? Are those all members of the Suicide no. Squad? No, because Viola Davis is a, was Amanda Waller in the first one. She, yeah, so but she's, she's technically a member. You know. Yeah, but some of them have to be the villains. Maybe. All right. I, all I right, feel so like hey, Peter Capaldi's so in a lab a going like, I think the Suicide Squad will all die. And that's it. Because that's what he was in World War Z. So if if half... Or of, Paddington, for that matter. If oh. half of that list are members of the Suicide Squad, that's 10 members. You could kill half of that list. You could kill all of, have, them. all of them. And still have a full team of five dudes. Well, here's the thing. we were, And we've been talking about this with Joker for a couple of weeks. Um... As the anticipation builds for that. Joker is deliberately designed to not connect to anything. So why would Suicide Squad be connected to anything? You, It could be the Dirty Dozen. You could kill every single person in that cast. And if it's a good movie, fine. Because they've abandoned the connected universe. Like, yeah, and I don't think that's like a bad thing. It's no, like, as long Joe's as they're good movies, like, fine. They couldn't figure it out. That's fine. But... All these rumors about the Joker is that like it's winning awards in like the indie film festival and stuff. If it's a good movie, great. Yeah, I want to no, see yeah, it. No. Absolutely. But I never need, I never need to see Joaquin Phoenix in another Joker movie. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's like, uh, uh, and honestly, this was a generation ago. But like, can a movie be a movie? Like, why does every movie have to be a teaser for another movie? And then you see the next movie, and it's a teaser for another movie. And yes, the Marvel movies have been entertaining, but there's been 22 of them. And they're always queuing up the next one. I'm, going back to our original point, I'm fine if DC wants to make one-offs. Yeah, but how many movies are either reboots or sequels? And plus, when you're doing a... uh, you know, thing like this where you're going to have more than one movie, potentially. Are you really going to kill off a Margot Robbie as, as Harley Quinn? You could, but are you, you going could. to from a studio point well, of view? Well, the thing is they greenlit Margot Robbie for a bunch of shit. Because there's like a Birds of Prey movie in development. There is a Joker Loves Harley in development. She's in suic- The Suicide Squad. Um, the thing is, Harley is the third most popular character in in DC. It um, overtook Green Lantern. Um, Wonder Woman, honestly, has never been the third. No. Uh, But, honestly, you could kill Margot Robbie in Suicide Squad and then have her in Birds of Prey. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I think at this point, it's like DC... It is a little frustrating that they couldn't figure it out because the fucking roadmap was drawn by Marvel five years before these guys got their shit together to be like... Well, then they followed the the roadmap but then made shitty movies. Well, they put their faith in the wrong Regardless of your Lewis Black inflection. Yeah. (laughs) But the... the problem is, is, you're correct, is that they could just go forward making these non-continuity connected movies, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the only danger they run into is like confusing the general audiences, is that it's the same reason why Marvel has to kind of like, um, there's a lot of recap they have to do in the Marvel movies. They don't do recaps, but like, uh, for instance, like my friends Carl and Joe we were talking about, uh, they don't see any of the superhero movies. They don't care about this stuff. And we had sat down with Carla and Joe at breakfast, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. And Carla's like, okay, so what happened in the Avengers? And I tried to explain, like, the movie. She's like, well, how many movies came up before this? And I told her 19 movies came up before this. She's like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> there, there, there are people that haven't seen these movies that are never going to sit through Marvel movies at this point because there's too many movies to keep track of. I had the same experience. I set my roommates down. They've uh, One of the roommates has watched a couple of the Marvel movies, and the other roommate has watched none of the Marvel movies. And I sat them down, and I said, here's Thor Ragnarok. You'll totally like it you don't need to know all this other crap let's go and then fucking dr strange showed up and they were both like who the fuck is this and i was like okay hang on a second we had to pause the movie and had to do a powerpoint presentation to catch him up to speed on 17 fucking movies because i didn't think they needed to see a movie before this but they did because these movies are so interconnected that, yeah that was my favorite thing i was telling the story about uh jessica Merritt, who's a good friend of ours and will be on this podcast eventually we're working out the details 
Uh, but her husband put on Infinity War, and I was like, wait a minute, what Marvel movies have you seen? She's like, maybe Iron Man. And I'm like, did you like that movie at all? She's like, I don't know who the fuck anybody was. I don't know why they were mad. I don't know why it was three hours. And that's a problem that DC doesn't have right now. DC can treat their movies the way a band treats records. You don't expect a band to put out their next record based the exact same themes and you know lyrics and and even exact same sound as their last record. You want to see something? Yeah, well, unless you're ACDC and three quarters of a cloud of dust, but. For most bands, you want to see like some kind of difference and some kind of progression, but the albums don't have to be connected with each other. Maybe DC movies are like that. Well, yeah, that, um, I think that's a good point. If like DC knows that everybody knows who Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and the Joker are, if they're, and they also have the benefit of they've rebooted Batman five times already, and people have accepted that. Where nobody goes to a Batman movie and goes, why isn't this Michael Keaton? Because when the 89 Batman came out, there were a, a million people that went, why isn't this Adam West? And then the people told them why, and they figured it out. Yeah, I think it's like they they don't give the studio on- audiences enough credit, and they give them too much credit. You know, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like they don't give them enough credit because they're just like, yeah, here's the Joker. It's a different Joker than the last Joker you saw and the Joker before him who was different and the Joker before him who was different. It's a totally separate Joker. And then it's also like they give them not enough credit because they're like, hang on a second. This guy's not going to meet Batman and team up with Robert Pattinson Yeah, but or that's not part of the movie. That's part of the promotion around it where people are like, well, what about Robert Pattinson's with... The Joker, and honestly, like, Batman has 25 good villains. I don't need Robert Pattinson to fight the Joker. The same way I don't need Tom Holland to fight the Green Goblin. We've had, he's been in five movies, uh, two of his own, where he hasn't fought the Green Goblin. And I'm like, yeah, fine. That's, you know, I don't. Fight the spot in the grizzly in the next movie. What do I care? Fight um, by Razorback. I'm the only, big wheel. I'm the only person not angry about Sony not dealing with Disney because I'm like, yeah, you know what? You want to give me Spider-Man fights a scorpion for two uh, did, hours and they don't feel, mention the Avengers? How did you feel Fine. about Amazing Spider-Man 2? Well, that was a piece of crap. Oh, so the last Spider-Man movie Sony made was a piece of crap, and you're not worried about Sony taking over Spider-Man No, again? because it was worse than Spider-Man 3, where I went, okay. Because it was the at sequel least, to movies that worked. At least Spider-Man 3 is charming. Spider-Man 2 is just like, uh, it's terrible. And it's frustrating because it's like, it, I, 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 I just can't wrap my head around how frustrating it is that Sony's just like, oh, no. Uh, we could totally figure this out because we did an animated Spider-Man movie that was the lowest grossing Spider-Man movie of all time, but it was animated in its own continuity. So but it get won an Oscar. And hey, uh, yeah, and uh, we did Venom and people fucking uh, loved Venom, so we could totally nail the Spider-Man People didn't thing. love Venom, but they went to Venom. It's so dumb. That third Spider-Man movie is gonna bomb. Well, I'm gonna be so um, mad. I'm gonna be so mad. I mean, when there's that all next these rumors floating around out. that they're like, "Well, maybe they're, they're not gonna these. figure it out." Get your heads out of your asses, people! It's game over. The greatest thing in the world this week. So uh, I watched on Netflix. If you have Netflix, Bill Burr's new special is on. Ooh, it's I saw great. that. I to watch called it Paper Tiger. Um, definitely watch it. I have been a big fan of Bill Burr for the last 10 years. Um, I actually went to a taping of his special 10 years ago. If you look at his 2008 special, I'm in the audience. <laughs> you can see the back of your head. No, you can't. Although if you watch, uh, Pat Oswalt's Comedy Central special, you can see Renee and they cut me right out of that. Uh, they, they totally clipped me bastards. out of that. Yeah, but um, but Bill Burr's new special is exactly what you want from Bill Burr, where he goes, oh, everybody thinks this? I'm going to tell you the fucking opposite, make everybody hate me, and then spend three minutes getting into my side. That's actually my favorite thing about Bill Burr is uh, he's one of those comedians where it's like hard to be like, oh, I like Bill Burr, because everyone's like, oh, Bill Burr, because Bill Burr just says like, the craziest shit on stage, and then you're like, oh, God, and everyone's asshole titans. But he 
backs it up. But then, yeah, he's he always says it. He's like, he's like, just come with me on this little journey as I work through this. And then he brings you around, and you're like, oh yeah, this guy is he. This is like a well thought out thing. He's like a a very ignorant person's comedian because he says the most ignorant shit in the world. But then, like, actually, but he's smart. And, yes, yeah. it's he plays it off like he's like some dummy, but it's actually a really well thought out. It's great. There's argument. a there's a bit in this special which is not quite as succinct as his Conan appearance. I love, he did this one line in Conan that was amazing and everybody hated him when he said it. And then he does it in Paper Tiger and it's a little longer and stretched out. But he goes, uh, he's like, oh, me too. They say believe women. What, all of them? (laughs) And I thought it was the greatest joke. And even in this, he kind of stretches it out. He's like, even the psychos? (laughs) (laughs) But it's, um, it's, it's a, it's great. Bill Burr is one of the best working stand-ups ever. Yeah, I keep uh, we keep talking about it at work because uh, a lot of the guys at work are really into stand-up, and I'm always like, that guy, that guy's the best uh, working comedian in comedy today. And it's always like Dave Chappelle, John Mulaney, and it's like Bill Burr is the third guy where it's like, it seems to be one of those three guys where I'm like, one of these guys, these are the three like top dudes commenting on things at this time. It's like, I, everyone's like, oh, Kevin Hart's the like most popular. Fuck Kevin Hart. It's like, he's funny when he's with The Rock. I've never seen like a Kevin Hart stand up is good. I like it. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it's like, uh, I would agree with you with your top three. Except anytime Norm Macdonald does anything, he immediately takes a number one right, spot. Right, but like more, Norm Macdonald is Norm Macdonald does one thing every 40 years. Right, yeah. not only does he, it's like infrequent, he is so weird. He is, <laughs> he is so bizarre that it's just like, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, this, this guy's very mainstream. Everyone can get behind Norm Macdonald. I, I don't think that's true. But no. then I have the problem of writing something that people will like and they're going, no, I can push this. And then do <laughs> Doing something that like I really like, yeah, but not everybody does. And I, I think that's Norm Macdonald exactly. Is like he really likes his jokes, but not everybody does. Yeah, I think that's the difference between a, a Bill Burr and a Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle doesn't have the follow through. Like he'll just throw that out and he'll make a, a couple jokes riff on it. But he's not going to lead you through that path like Bill Burr does. Yeah, although Dave Chappelle's new special is really I, I good. Actually, Sticks and I actually, I just, didn't I, I don't I know. I think if, that might have been your greatest thing. I think like yeah. a week or two ago I talked about that because it's like Dave Chappelle like goes away for a couple years and yeah. then he comes back and you're like, oh, I wonder if this guy still got it. And it's like, oh, no, yeah, his his finger's on the fucking pulse. This I, guy knows exactly what he's doing. I accidentally saw Dave Chappelle three times in 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, uh, a, I would also say, have it's I like, told this story? Yeah, where it's yeah. like, he just kind of shows he up. He showed up in my student lounge I, in like 93. I would and say then, you've been blessed by Dave Chappelle gracing you with his comedic chops. I have been blessed by comedy. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan called me the Ron Silver of comedy. And I'm taking <laughs> that to the grave. And I don't know who Ron Silver is. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my my greatest thing, I'm late to the party. I owe Walt Simonson an apology. Um, Ragnarok, not Thor, not Thor Ragnarok, but Ragnarok, his uh, uh, series on IDW he's putting out. It's basically a post-Ragnarok Thor story where a jawless ghost Thor is trying to uh, track down Odin and save the world from the forces of death and destruction. So that's um, basically, it's a really well done, it's, it's everything that you wanted from the Marvel Thor, but you couldn't get because he was stuck with all that continuity, and he had to portray Thor as this blonde-haired, you know, kind of you know, Aryan dude doing all this stuff. Even though Simonson's Thor is the seminal run of Thor, I think Ragnarok is even better so far. That is... Uh, high praise coming from Joe Pakovitz, who uh, is possibly the largest Walt Simonson. Yeah, fan the ever Simonson ever. Thor is like it's you like, were. Oh, it's like uh, it's reli- it's a religion. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's yeah. it's a big deal. I um, don't even think I have a run that I hold as high as your as you hold Simonson Thor. I'm like, uh, burn Fantastic Four. Nope. Claremont X Men with Burn. Nope. Uh, Neil Adams Batman. Nope. 
you nobody loves Simon to Thor like you do. No, he he turned Thor into a goddamn frog, and I was along for the ride. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you, I, I cannot understate the brilliance of Walt Simonson's Thor run, but I will say I'm very intrigued about his Ragnarok, uh, IDW work. Um, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, so I saw um a movie today that I probably never would have seen on my own because I don't go out and do things. But my uh, my buddy's a big um, Asian cinema fan, and he's like, hey, we're going to go see this movie on Saturday if you want to come. And I said, okay. And he's like, well, I haven't told you what the movie is. And I said, that's fine. So he showed me a trailer for a movie, and it's um, it's like an animated movie, uh, like a Pixar-type movie, but it's produced by a company from China. And I said, that movie looks fucking crazy. I'm all in. And the movie is called, and forgive me if I'm butchering this, people of China. It's called Ni Za. Z-H-A. It's N-E dash, or N-E space Z-H-A. It's an animated movie. And I, I, I'll i be honest. I mean, my mouth was the smartest guy in the room. But it's like, the, the story wasn't... Uh, Who is the smartest guy in the room? Uh, I'm not going to say. Um the the story i wasn't totally sold on and i won't get into all the details of the story um but as as far as like the uh the combat in the in the in the movie and the way they did like the different choreography things in the different characters i was like uh, kind of blown away uh very 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 well done animation very impressive like uh again choreography fight scenes character design everything was there the story was like a little all over the place but i think i have a problem with like a cultural divide we have this discussion before on the podcast of like doctor who i can't get into these like british shows because it's like i just uh i'm not getting an american i don't know what else what else to tell you you know so like what's it about eh all right, so it's basically like, all right, <laughs> there's like there's like two gems, and one gem becomes like a little boy, and he's cursed to be like a demon, and the other gem is like a dragon child, and he grows up to be like a little dragon person, and the one boy's kind of a prick, but he's the main guy, so you're supposed to like him, but he's kind of a jerk, and he's like a little boy, and lightning is going to strike him in three years, when he's three years old, it's going to kill him. And the other dude is a dragon, and he goes live under the ocean with his dragon parents, and he turns into a person and then meets the boy on the beach, and they have a pretty sweet fight with, like, uh, some kind of, like, troll that comes from the ocean that squirts bubbles that turns you into stone. All right. <laughs> Hang on a second. I was with you until you started describing it, and then you got to turns bubbles that squirts bubbles that turns you into the stone. Yeah, it's a literal And scene. then I'm like... Dude, I couldn't follow the prisoner. There's no way I could follow this. <laughs> it's Tolkien couldn't follow that plot. Again, it could be a cultural divide, and I'm also perhaps not explaining it really well. I, I here's the thing. I don't know that I would be like, oh yeah, go go see this movie. You know, uh, you know, buy the fucking tickets. Maybe just wait till it's on Netflix or something and watch it in the background. Visually, it's really cool. But I don't know that it's like story wise, this is like the be all end all. They're like gonna make a sequel to it, and there's all these after the credit scenes. But it's like, it's basically like watch the fight with the troll who squirts bubble stones. And at the end of the movie is really cool with this big like lightning storm in space. But it's like beyond that, it's like um, a very confusing movie. Well, if you'd like to tell us about your bubble stones, uh, <laughs> It's been about four months, and Steven hasn't passed his bubble stones. Yo, dude, I... All right, so uh, it's <laughs> September, and I still haven't passed the kidney stone. But um, I'm when I do... I'm just going to call the bubble stone from now on. The bubble stone. We'll make a big announcement about it. Maybe we'll hold a contest to name it. I think that's an entire podcast. Okay, let's just do an over-under over on when Steven's bubble stone gets passed. All right, well, here's the thing. So I have an appointment with my urologist, which is a, which is a wiener doctor, and that's in October. Now you sound like Norm Macdonald. <laughs> hey, I got yeah, an appointment with a wiener doctor. With my wiener I'm like, doctor. ah. Am I a wiener doctor? I went to go see a wiener doctor, and he told me to pass it to you, you know, old-fashioned way. Right? get out of here, wiener. All right. <laughs> it's going to come out of my wiener. Um, so uh, it's like October like 12th or 15th or something like this. So uh, we'll keep you all posted. What was the over-under on the venereal diseases when you saw the wiener doctor? Oh, none. This is apparently a totally uh, uh, 
uh, not unusual thing to have happen. This can happen to anybody. So, you know, mind your wieners. Anybody fellas. but you're the only one in the room that it's happened to. Not unusual. Hang on a second. Has no one else in this room had a kidney stone? No. Nope. I no. have actually worked on a medication for kidney stones. What's it called? I've not had a thiola. Oh, I, I haven't taken that. I'm on the same uh, uh, prostate relaxant that my uh, 59-year-old father is on. So we're taking the same medication, which... Your dad's only 59? No, no, no. My dad was born in 1950, so he is uh, he's 69. Good okay. God, my dad's going to be 70. Your dad's 69, dude. Jesus. <laughs> 69, bro. Although, if I ever have to create a female supervillain, I think Fayola's going to be her name. Fayola's, that's pretty good. There's like a Thor Ragnarok type... Uh, uh, character, you know. Well, if you'd like to tell us what you'd like to name Stephen's kidney stone, and the origin story of why it's still sitting in his kidney, uh, let us know. We are. Uh, you can contact me at Not on My Book on both Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social network. You can also find us on Facebook.com, Facebook.com uh, slash Caffeinated Comics, where we post all the news of things like we post that big picture of all the cast of Suicide Squad. All right, well, hang on a second. It wasn't a big picture. It was a regular-sized picture. There's uh, a lot of names on it. Get your you shit together. Blow up. I have Oculus Go. I can make everything a big picture. Eh, that's true. It's pretty good. I watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in IMAX on Netflix. That's on my Oculus Go. That's objectively cool. Because you just bring it, make it big in your eyes. And then you have to look over there and you're like, oh, that's where the diamond went. And that's where the ice went. <laughs> uh, Joe, how do we find you online? Okay, I am on Twitter at ZenMasterGuy. What, Joe, uh, where are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram as the underscore old underscore cottager. Uh, so Zen Master Guy is like just a just a Twitter, only to only Twitter, yes. Yeah, different. He wants to get throw throw the pursuers off. It's multi marketing, my friend. <laughs> multi level marketing. Joe is playing four dimensional chess with his online presence. Uh, you can find me at the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram. I hey, how do we find the show? Not use Facebook, but you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And we are proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we will talk to you next week.